Hello, I am Amber. I'm Chelsea. And welcome to Politics But Make It Fashion. Come chat with us. Hello, Chelsea! Girl, my girl. Happy motherfucking Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day. Yes. So you love a hump day. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do, because it's almost Friday soon. So I'm excited about that. Among other things. Do you have any updates for us or anything fun happened this week? Um, you know what? Actually, I have been starving (laughs) for weeks. And you know what? I had a really successful moment in time at work today. So, sis, I am celebrating with a pumpkin ale. Yeah. In Oktoberfest. Yes. And it never tasted so good. Shout out to the pumpkin beer. They are the best. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I normally well, try to you? stock up because it's I'm only sad when I go away. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. I hate oh that. Oh my goodness. So we we, me and the fam, had a pretty busy weekend. Um Amber, so, I feel like you always have a busy weekend. It's always an event. I, it's always a speech. It's always a protest. And I just love that about you. I love it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so I had the award ceremony for the NAACP from Wilkes-Barre on Friday night. And then Saturday, um, there was an event, a Halloween event that I took Jacqueline to called Blood Fest. That was for all ages. <laughs> it was banned. She won the um, costume contest. She always wins a prize. She did. Like literally, and then, every time. and then she cried. So she I don't. Won? Yeah. So I don't know how my parenting skills were doing in that moment because she was real <laughs> shy and then real like startled because she won and everything. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> that poor baby. Oh, she girl. She was not prepared. She's no. like, I didn't even bring a speech. Like, I'm not oh ready, girl. No, I felt so bad because <laughs> I was like, oh. But she wanted to do it, so I was like, okay, cool. And she won, and then you know, well, it was a good time. But so <laughs> rewind to Friday, which was such an amazing time. Um, I was so blown away to even be like thought about for this award, and was even more blown away to receive it girl it's so cool I got a plaque and then I got two certificates and one is from like the um girl I should have had it with me um from like one of the the legislative branch and um it's like a congressional certificate oh yeah (laughs) my gosh I can I just tell you that I am so proud of you on so many different levels and I know you don't like hearing that but I have to say it because I'm a words of affirmation person and you looked drop dead you looked ethereally beautiful thank you thank you I love your dress that you wore (laughs) and I'm just so proud of you I'm so I think you absolutely deserve all the that recognition the plaque the congressional certificates and then some Thank you. So we are going to play the speech for you guys so you guys can get a listen and we will be right back. Thank you so much. I am I'm truly humbled, um, slightly speechless. This has been, you know, 
such a passion project of mine is just to help my community. And when I got off the Navy, all I wanted to do was come back to NEPA and really help and support my community. One of the things that it says in my bio and something that is really close and near and dear to my heart is I want the people of this area, I want the black and brown people of this area of NEPA to be able to have the same opportunities and privileges that I have had in this area. Because I, you know, I'm not alone on the island. There have been so many people who have helped me along the way. Um, we talked about Glennis from Black Scranton Project. She is definitely a, a dear friend of mine and a personal mentor. And I've seen people like Connor Ryan, who is over Scranton Fringe Festival, do these amazing things. And I, I wanted to do those things as well. There is no playbook, there's no manual to how to serve your community and help your community. It really just comes down to seeing a need and filling it and being there and helping it. You know, um, I was able to be there for students who needed laptops when Scranton School District went to virtual schooling. You know, I have been able to help students and help people in the community who are LGBTQ and talk to them and be able to mentor them and be a role model for young black NEPA kids who grew up in this area where there's not a lot of black role models. There's not a lot of people who look like me who are standing up at places and for little kids to see. You know, I wish I had a me when I was going to North Pocono High School and an all, basically all white school district. And then graduating and going to college in Scranton, basically, basically to an all-white university. You know, but I was able to do these things, and I, I want and I need for other kids in NEPA to have those same privileges and advantages to be able to go to a good school, to be able to go to a college in their own neighborhood, and to be able to afford it. The schools in Scranton cost more than the median income of people who live in Scranton. The Scranton poverty level for black kids is higher than in Jackson, Mississippi, which we know is just going through a water crisis. How can we let that happen? How can we let that be? The politicians who are over our area, whether it's city council members or mayors or representatives or congressmen, they are not coming to see the black impoverished areas of Scranton, of Wilkes-Barre, of anywhere in between in the valley. They have to see these places and see the needs that need to be met, the people that are living in homes that to me should be demolished. You know, people who are living in hotels. I was able to give a family who was in a hotel like four or five laptops because all the kids were using their parent, their mom's cell phone to do schoolwork in. It's a travesty to me that our elected officials let that happen and didn't do anything. And it was up to like little me, you know, just sitting in my house on, on my phone on the internet, looking at it saying like, wow, this is terrible. We need, these kids need us and they need something because we're failing them. We're failing all the kids in our areas because we're not enabling them to, to have the power to be able to go on and to do these things. I have that power because I went to a good high school. I have that power because I went to a private 
college and had scholarships and had a, a family who was able to help support me. You know, but everybody doesn't have that. And we need to ensure that our kids have the same opportunities that people like me had and have the same privileges that people like me had. And we need to make sure that we elect officials who represent this and not officials who talk bad about the students in Hazleton, who talk bad about immigrants, the brown ones, because they're not talking about the Irish ones or the Italian ones. You know, they're talking about the brown immigrants who are coming here. We need to do better for our students here. We need to do better for our people here. We need better representation on our school boards. We need better representation on our city council. We need better representation in our representatives and our congressmen. Because there's a lot of brown people here. And we are a big group of constituents that is ignored. And they're not paying attention to us, and we need them to pay attention to us. So for me, I am truly humbled and, and so thankful for this award. But I, I didn't do it alone. I did it with other community members. I did it with other people who are beside me and walking beside me and guiding me and helping me. And I did it because of the opportunities that I had. And we need our students and our kids to have the same opportunities to be able to stand up and, and go to school and have a good education and then come back, be here and make a difference and be here and be a part of the community like I did. I left and I went to the Navy and all I wanted to do was come back because this was home to me and this place afforded me so many opportunities. And I see our kids are not having those same things. So I love this award and I accept, I accept this and this is on behalf of like all the little black and brown kids in this area who really need somebody, who need a mentor. I have a friend whose daughter is of mixed race and she's being brutally bullied in North Pocono High School and nobody wants to do anything about it. This award goes out to kids like her, you know, kids like my little brother who were bullied in North Pocono High School because they were black and because they were different. This goes out to all those kids who have false accusations made against them because they're the black kid in their school. You know, this goes out to Black's Grand Project who had a, a defamation last night by one of our people running for office. You know, we need to do better. We need to stand up for our black and brown community leaders and our community centers and say that we're not going to allow politicians to come in and say that they're not okay, to say that they're full of crime, to say that they're um, like a thorn in the side when they are a rose to the community. All these people in this room, you guys are roses to your community. Be that rose, you know, be that rose in concrete, like Tupac said, and, and spread that. So thank you very much, and I am truly, truly grateful and truly humbled. Okay, so welcome back, everybody. Um, so you had a chance to listen to the speech. Um, Chels, what did you think? I think that you are so well-spoken. And I was when I was listening to your speech the first time, I was like, you know what? Because <laughs> you, you have a lot of experience doing public speaking, 
um, leading protests, leading rallies, leading different groups, and then all your volunteer work. But then on top of that, you have been well-spoken even back in high school for public speaking class. You just always have this... You were you were a born leader. Remember, I remember we were talking last week about is a leader born? Yeah. Or are they made? And I think you're both. Like you've just always had something extra. So oh, I think you did such you. a great job. You have a very great sense of composure, and you speak so well. Thank you. I was nervous, and um, you couldn't tell. <laughs> I was like shaking before well, I. What's I I nervous up there? in that dress about? Like, oh, look at you. God. Look at your Girl, dress, guys. Nobody's... The dress. I okay? loved it. Um, well, it's on, it's on social media, but we'll post it. I got it from Amazon and no I think it was, it was like $65 maybe, I think. Wow. And my shoes, I believe I got on Amazon too a while ago. I think they were maybe like 40 or something like that. So yeah, I, I've been eyeing a dress for a while. Like I've been eyeballing it and, and needing something, a reason to wear it. <laughs> and 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 a, a reason came up but I was reading the reviews and stuff because you know with Amazon you gotta like you gotta be careful and stuff with the clothing but it was such amazing quality it was heavy like it really felt like I was wearing a princess like cupcake dress and oh it was gosh. it was beautiful I absolutely loved loved it worth Ooh. every penny like super happy about it so because I tried that. that was the fourth dress I had tried on a whole bunch Oh and wow! I ordered, yeah, I ordered three from Fashion Nova, and Fashion Normal, Nova normally like really comes in for me, and it it did not this time. It was not so, given no. congressional award. It was not. It was not given. <laughs> that. It wasn't <laughs> at all. But yeah. Let, let's give. Let's hear it for Amazon coming in clutch. Yes. yes. Thank you, Amazon, for real. Because I was like, oh my god. First of all, and it needs to get here on time because I'm late ordering it because this is my fourth dress, and it needed to fit. Well, well. And and then this new era of Amazon where you pay the extra for the prime, but now it is not guaranteed to be here in one day. Right. So you'll pay, you'll order it and it says, we'll be here by, what's today, Wednesday, we'll be here by Friday morning. And then you press check out and it's like, or in two months from now. Right. <laughs> and you're like, just live out no. here living on a prayer. Oh my gosh. No, for real. Yeah, seriously though. Um, I was so happy with it. And and that it came in on time. So you looked great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I don't know if you caught the debate between Dr. Oz and John Fetterman. Oh, um, I'm so confused about Dr. Oz, period. Okay. So so Dr. Oz pretends that he's from Pennsylvania, which I feel like <laughs> pisses off all of us it doesn't matter if you're a democrat or republican i feel like because dr oz is out here pretending that he's from pa that it's pissing everybody off because number one you're not number two relax like Isn't he from chicago i don't he has houses everywhere oh oh which is cool you know hey i'm happy for you because i'm trying to have a house everywhere too all right no shade <laughs> but like you're not actually from here so what are you doing or at least say that. And then, yeah, also, what are you doing? Right. So I would say, before we even start, like, I would say on a debate side of it, I say he won a debate just by sheer, like, the way he presented himself, the questions, the way he answered. I don't agree with nothing that man has to say. Okay, y'all. So don't get twisted. But he's been on TV for years um, pitching us diet teas that don't work. 
you know, and being a fraudulent <laughs> con artist. So he's great on TV. He was great in the debate. And the thing is that I wanted to talk about more than just the debate was like the fact that John Fetterman had a stroke back in May. Right. So you and I had talked on a previous episode about ableism and kind of with it within politics and within with people running, people being in office and people working on campaigns. So in this instance, this is somebody who's running for office. He had a stroke. He put his key, stopped campaigning. And then in August, he started campaigning again. So he hasn't done any like big press conferences since then. And he's done a lot more like in-person stuff and in-person meeting with the press and everything because he had a stroke and he's still fighting off some of like the effects. So you can be healing from a stroke for like days, months, weeks, years. Um, His auditory processing gives him an auditory processing disorder so it makes it difficult for like if you're talking to him out loud it makes it harder for him to understand than if he was like reading it okay and that doesn't mean he doesn't understand it just takes him longer to process so in a debate setting if I'm asking you questions fast you're gonna have a slower response time and maybe even seem confused or look confused and be confused because you're not processing the information as fast so a lot of times if somebody has a stroke even if it's mild they can have speech delays and cognitive delays but like that doesn't mean that you can't have a job and like still parent and and like be fit for office so kind of like what the whole question kind of has been now since then is is he fit to be a senator because of his stroke and because of the way he was during the debate. Well, one thing he said multiple times is that his physician cleared him for specifically this type of work. So you have, especially when he's in the position that he's in, he has access to great doctors. Right. So part of me thinks, I don't think that any doctor or physician would put their name on saying, yeah, go ahead. You'll be totally fine to do this intense level of work if they weren't. So he said that many times throughout the debate. So I feel like if his doctor released him and he felt good about being, putting himself back in this position, then why not? And his responses are a little bit slower, but they're not so slow that I personally would be like, man, I don't, I'm concerned about his ability to function. Right. I mean, because some people were really, really concerned because I I read through a lot of things online and I was reading the comments online. And I even so even Joe Biden, our president, he has a stutter. So there's times where he kind of is delayed in his responses to questions and things. And I don't I also don't think that's really a problem. I think it's good too. sometimes you probably need to listen and understand what you're you know, before you talk, but there's a lot of people who were really like, he should have dropped out the race. He's not fit to be a Senator. And so the article that I sent you tonight, sorry, last minute, um, (laughs) it was talking about how like, and this honestly, it, I looked at it different after reading this because it was, um, um, opinionist for MSNBC. And she was saying how, we're looking at it through this ableist mindset because if somebody who has 
a hearing deficit or a speech delay isn't fit for office, then like what kind of what are we doing when there's 15% of Americans who live with disabilities? Correct. Yeah. Well, this goes down to also this probably has a lot to do with my faith and my quote unquote religious background. But girl, you know, Moses split apart the Red Sea and he literally had a stutter. He was also a murderer and God chose him anyway. You know what I mean? Like he was, he, he was asking in the Bible. That's one of the things I have highlighted, underlined, marked. He was like, but I killed this person in cold blood and I have a stutter and I can't speak to people. And there was all of these things. And God was like, yep, it's you. You're the one. So I I have grown up believing in this, that it, it doesn't matter if there's a purpose on your life and there's something that you are meant to do and you have a passion to do it. I, I, I've never, maybe it's, it's again, because of that, but I've never looked at somebody and been like, oh, yeah. yeah, he's a little bit slower. So he just can't, there's, you know, there, like you said, on the last time that we were talking about ableism there, there's definitely a line. If you are not mentally equipped to make large decisions for the whole then yeah, I mean, as much as I want to say, yeah, let, there's room for everybody. If you can't do that, no, you should not be necessarily in leadership. There's definitely a space for you, but maybe not in hierarchy leadership like that. However, if you have, like you said, a stutter like Joe Biden, or you your speech is slightly delayed, really? Like right. I don't, I don't yeah. think that should hold anybody back. Period. Right. right. No. Didn't hold I... Moses back. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think it should either, you know, and I think when you look at through the lens of that, that like everybody kind of has this, I, you know, I refer to it as, you know, everybody has this thing that they were like made to do, you know, yes. um, and I feel like when people find that thing and you just watch them do it, that it is like watching somebody like dance or, you know, play basketball or different things. And there are people who have a gift of like, you know, wanting to serve and wanting to help people. And I, and running for office isn't for the weak, you know, and there's some crazies that do it, but for the most part, I think that people really, who really do run, want to help people and serve people. And I think that there's a lot of people that he could inspire a lot of kids, you know, and then um, in the article we read, it was talking about how like we tell kids every day that they can do anything that they want to do and be anything that they want to be. But then at the same time, we're saying that somebody who had a stroke can't, isn't fit for office. And we're kind of not really actually following up with, with that, you know? Um, right. And I, I think it's, I thought the debate thing made him, not made him look bad. I feel like it made him look bad to people who aren't going to be compassionate and people who aren't maybe going to understand kind of like what a stroke is and, and what it does and that it does take time to heal and things like that. But, you know, I think if he still wants to go out there and get it done and be passionate about things and his doctors are saying it's cool, like, you know. it's cool. You know right. what? Uh, two, okay, two thoughts on that because again, this goes back to a conversation that you and I personally have had multiple times, but also I know we covered it on a previous episode. We, there is nobody in office that is fooling any one of us. So even if you are a flawless public speaker, we know that there's something you're not perfect. Right. We right, all right. 
know it. So like, just like you, you have a beautiful way and a beautiful air about you when you speak publicly, but girl, your life's not perfect. It is what it is. No, there's no mystery about that. And I know they try to push that narrative past it. And then, oh shoot. What was my second thought? I don't know. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think too, with the, we, we come across this moment where, so, okay, he has some speech delays and maybe it brought concern to some of the general public, but then it comes down to this at the end of the day, he is somebody who's willing to represent that party and that people group and do what it takes even with the after effects of a stroke. Right. Okay? And doing it in public. Yeah. And then you too. also have Dr. Oz, who's kind of stepping up to the plate. So at the end of the day, if you think you could do better, bring it on. Step up and step yeah. out and get yourself out there. But you're not. So if that's who there is to represent, then that's who there is to represent. But and I think that's such a great point, though, because yeah. nor- normal people really could make a change and really could be the difference simply because you've just lived the everyday American experience that so many, so many of us do. And so many of us have that, you know, you could represent as well, but a lot of people just don't take that chance, you know? Well, and it's it, a lot though. I'm not saying it like oh, it it's is. just some easy yeah, walk in the park. Here. I, <laughs> yeah. No, but like, I, I, I am thinking I have PTSD from when it was, the race against Biden and um, Trump. Oh my word. I forgot his name for a second. And everyone was like, Oh my goodness, this is the best we have to offer. Yeah. You know what? You want to complain about it, but at the end of the day, no, you, no one is willing to be the change that they want to see, but everybody wants to complain about it and point fingers and judge and tear people apart. If you want better then be better and do better. Otherwise you got Biden and Trump. <laughs> Otherwise, you got this guy and that guy, and keep keep it tight. You know what I'm saying? It's it is what it is. That is so depressing um, and so true. Oh my gosh! <laughs> now we we uh, whew, we really do. Um, and I think that if we have more regular smuggler people out there running races and being part of the leadership in some of these towns and cities and states, you know, we wouldn't have these issues that we're facing. So we have an update on the civil rights or the Mississippi water crisis, which now has turned into a civil rights issue. And the EPA has launched a civil rights investigation. And I think this is a good example. It's about time. It is about time. And I think this is a good example of like when, if you had people who were grazed in this area in Jackson who lived here and who lived in this systemic poverty and grew up in these areas and they were able to now become part of the leadership and the structure they would be able to make more changes and things than the people who maybe haven't been in those situations, you know, to be able to do that. Because how long did it take? This has been going on for over six months now. And there's finally, um, the EPA finally launched an investigation. But, like, shouldn't the EPA have launched an investigation when they didn't have water for, like, two months? Just saying. You know, right? Like, why did it take so long 
for them to kind of step in and decide to do anything. What is an appropriate amount of time for people to be without water? Because I would say after a week of it not being fixed, we need to make a massive, right. massive move. But yeah. that's just me. What do I know? I guess I, I'm, I'm dumb and we should just let people suffer for four months. Right. Especially when you can't cook with it and you can't, you know, we just Bathe. use water for everything. It's just, it's not as simple as just like, you know, using water bottles or, or whatever. Um, there's a lot more that you have to use water for. And that's ugh. Um, also inflation has hit everything, including the price of a water bottle. So who could afford to. That's what I'm saying. And that's what I was thinking about because. They're, you know, they have these long lines and stuff for water and everything, but who can even afford to be in those long lines all the time? So there's, you're definitely going to have to go out and buy water and support yourself and your family that way for you to be able to cook and drink and clean and all that stuff. And the people who can't afford that, are they just going ahead and drinking that water then oh. and bathing with it and everything? Cause like what other option do they have? It makes me sick to my stomach. So all that to say, it's about time. Yes. So we have another update um, for the Iran women's protest. So there was um, an Iranian Iranian climber who competed without her hijab. Her name was Elnaz. Um, Rebecca B. Um, how do you? I don't know how to pronounce that. But. Hello, girl. Rakabi. El Nas Rakabi. There we go. Um, so she appeared without her her job during the final of the Asian climbing. So she actually went missing for a little bit, and um, she was found, and but she did go missing. And so when I saw this online, like people were sharing it a lot, and they were saying that like, oh, she's a hero, like she's standing up for Iran, like she's protesting by not wearing her hijab. But, like, she said that it fell off during the climb. But I was just so scared for her because I was just thinking, like, oh, my God, what if it really did just fall off, right? And us Western crazy liberal people are, like, spreading this and promoting this, like, wildfire. And now we're going to get her in some sort of trouble with her country. Right. (laughs) Well, it's – it. there is something – truly truly incredible happening i have no idea what her ultimate goal or not goal what her ultimate move was what the intention was behind the missing hijab but whether she made that intentional choice or it was an accident there are so many women fighting back and I'm going to tell you this right now. Don't look up any news on this without tissues because it is so inspiring. And these women and men, there are men supporting them as well. They are risking their lives to fight back and get back a little bit of freedom in their lives. And I, I was actually just looking this up and there's 400 people, more people who have died. Oh my in God. protests there's still major protests going on in all major cities and 400 of those people that have recently been killed were 28 of those were kids like little wow. kids yeah 20,000 people have been arrested Jesus. in protest 20,000 and these prisons that they're in are not made to hold people and the torture 
rape and murder of women as they can't even count them. There's no uh, statistic. There's no number for it because they won't even report it or release it. But every woman that's brought in is thought to be being tortured and or killed, if not tortured to be killed. It is incredible. And I was I was actually watching even with all of that, even with that being the fact and that being known I was watching a school and these women were walking in and all uh, to the school and all of the male students were literally shielding these women walking into the school with their bodies. Right. They were because the women were walking into school without their hijabs. Wow. And their hair was cut. Almost every single female walking into that school, their hair was cut. Mm. And the um, officials of the school were trying to shut down the lunchroom and the kids just protested and this major brawl broke out. And that's just one school of many where people are just, they're not having it anymore. Yeah. And it's so inspiring to watch. It makes me do a little self-reflection and wonder, like, I like, I would like to think that I would be standing right. up for my fight. Right. I mean, but is, like, what would you be doing all that though? Because these women will die. Yeah. Like, if they are caught, there's no, well, I hope, no, they're going to die. So it's like they're risking their lives for this. And then the men that are helping them are also risking their lives. And it's, it's so inspiring. It's so scary. And if anybody out there listening to this prays or you believe in good vibes, whatever your thought is, please, please send us support in whatever way you can to this country, specifically to the women, because it is a wild time to be alive in Iran. And it is really dangerous to be a woman. Definitely. And keep sharing the stories, you know, and make sure that people are so aware that these protests are still going on. Because a lot of times, uh, you know, the headlines fade and people stop sharing stories and posting them and stuff. And then people out of sight, out of mind, forget that it's happening. So it's something that is still really going on. And, you know, like we had talked about before, Iran used to be a very progressive country in you know in the 60s and 70s and looked like america until they had you know a very religious islamic regime take over and they became you know a um islamic country and they started forcing women to cover and they took away their rights and their ability to do things you know before women were able to do all of the things that you know we were able to do here and stuff and with a you know a new regime came in and took over and in the name of religion was able to you know kind of change make those changes happen that put women back decades and centuries and and they're being killed um and it's, it's really, really sad and it's heartbreaking. And I would hope that I would do the same. You know, you can only hope that you would be brave in a situation like that. But my goodness, that is that is really, really crazy. Well, and you know what? Like, you're right, because I think I think, you know, out of sight, out of mind. But also we are dummies if we think that this couldn't happen anywhere. Yeah. Like, like we are just a few bills away from this becoming closer to our reality. And like you said, Iran wasn't always this enslaved and trapped right. uh, country. This, of uh, what do you call it? Um, extremist country. They weren't always that way. <laughs> if you look up pictures, you can see women wearing mini skirts and all these real cute, clothes, yeah. real cute mm-hmm. with the hair. 
and of course they're beautiful beautiful darker features it's just Ugh, gorgeous we it to think that this can't happen anywhere and that it can't ha- happen to you don't be crazy and we have to in whatever way you can i mean i don't know what that means for you but i think we can all figure out a way to send support send love send encouragement to the women over there because oh absolutely my heart breaks and on that note we're gonna take a break and we will be right back hello everyone so welcome back hey so uh, chelsea have you been (laughs) seeing what's going on with kanye west um yes (laughs) yes i have so I am. I've got some things that are going to blow your mind. Prepare your heart. <laughs> so obviously, I love Kim. Kim K. That's my boo. Um, and I used to be a huge Kanye West fan. Um, College Dropout was one of the best albums to me of our like generation. He's really, really talented. His music is amazing. One of my favorite songs is "Runaway" from I think 808 and Heartbreaks. I think that. I think that's what that was from that album. Um, He just, I love the way he would change it up with all his music and different things. Now, I am not a fan of Kanye um, because I think he says some stuff that's a a wreck. Um, I don't know if he believes it or not. Um, I don't really, I think at a point, if you're just saying stuff just to say it, it doesn't really matter if you believe it or not, because if it's harmful, it's harmful at the end of the day. But he made some crazy anti-Semitic remarks and he went on a rant on Instagram. And since then, he has been dropped and partnerships have been cut um, with Balenciaga, with Adidas. Um, athletes have, he had a um, Donda sports, what, like when you represent athletes. Right. Um, all the athletes left that he his talent agency who was repping him and managing managing him dropped him so he's you know he's a lot of people are distancing themselves from him because of a lot of the anti-semitic stuff that he said and you know I agree and I also think that he needs to get some help so <laughs> some, <laughs> some deep deep rooted therapy okay so okay now, when we were kind of discussing, like, discussing him, I really, really took it upon myself to look in more sources, look into more sources than just one. And I'm going to tell you why. And first and foremost, don't mishear what I'm about to say, but I do have to give a differing opinion to a part of this. So, some of the things Kanye say, says are truly mentally unsound and disconcerting and extremely scary. But then I think also sometimes he says things that are not popular and are not fitting to the popular agenda. And so instantly when he says some things, he's instantly like, oh, Kanye's crazy. He's this, that, and the other thing. So now... I don't agree with that. I don't think that we should have to censor ourselves in so many ways to where if we have an opinion that isn't the vast majority or what's getting the vast majority of airtime, that's not America. We should be able to say what we want to say. And if you have a differing opinion, okay, keep it moving. 
Now, that being said, I was like, let me really look up because I saw multiple clips and I read multiple articles about Kanye West makes anti-Semitic marks. Kanye West makes anti-Semitic this. Kanye West goes on anti-Semitic rant. So I'm looking at it. And the first clips I found were him saying, I could make anti-Semitic remarks and Adidas wouldn't drop me. Because I guess Adidas is the Yeezys, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm, I'm listening to that. And I was like, is this what, like, is this what he's getting all the hate for? girl and then I found it and I found it in a big way and it made me so nauseous and sick to my stomach yeah. that people still speak this way um, can you hear my dogs barking I guess they're <laughs> upset too <laughs> but I, I'm gonna there's two quotes that I'm not gonna fully say but just to give you an idea and in this anti-semitic rant that took me a while to find one of the quotes he says, and when he, he's speaking specifically to Jewish people of power and with money, and he said, no one should have let you N-I-G-G-A-S or E-R-S, whatever um, emphasis you want to use. Um, none of, no one should have let you N-word get money, period. What? And then another one that really stuck out says, I have to get on that anti-Semite vibe. Yeah. Uh, Like, the audacity (laughs) and the disgusting level of that is, I can't even bear it. Because especially, it's a, I think, and you can tell me, this could be uh, something that, you might disagree with me on, but especially for someone who has seen persecution in such a real way, um, being dropped by you name it, but then also being somebody in the black community who has experienced racism, whose ancestors have experienced racism and discrimination like that for him to say that to another, uh, another group of people that have experienced such hatred, I I have no words. Yeah. It's a different level of betrayal. And I don't know. Part of me sometimes is like, good for you, Kanye. You know what I mean? Say what you want to say. Right. Because, and I, and I think Hollywood that's kind of, for it. and I but think that's kind of the hard like thing. That. Yeah. yeah but then he said things like that. I'm like, are you well? Like, what is going on? Yeah. And it, it, because there are things that he says that I don't like or I disagree with that are unpopular and they are thrown in there to with some really terrible things that he says about people. And, you know, and it's like basically he's being racist towards Jewish people and there's like, really what? no, there's no need for it. It's uncalled for. And I, I feel like they are a group of people that get picked on a lot by a lot of people. And now you have these white supremacists, white nationalist groups who are rallying behind him and kind of like, you know, cheering him on. And that's kind of part of the reason why I don't like a lot of the stuff that he says, because it's not that it's just unpopular, but because it feeds into these hate groups. You know, when he, when he had on the white lives matter shirt, you know, when he was saying, you know, MAGA this or MAGA that, or, you know, at one point he was saying there's no racism. It's like all of these things feed into that white nationalist, white supremacist mindset. And then what he becomes is their token because they look at him and they say, oh, see, 
he agrees with this. This one black person agrees with us, so we must be right and we must not be racist. And it's the same thing they do with Ken o- Candace Owens, and it's the same thing with um Ben. What's his name? Shapiro. No, 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 not with Ben Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I can't remember his name right now. But anyway, it's the same thing that they do with him. He was over HUD um, under President Trump. But it's just they then raise these Black people up to be kind of like these tokens. And so it's just like, you know, you're feeding into this. And if you want to have a larger conversation, then maybe that conversation needs to be had. But I mean, Black people felt like they supported him his whole career. And it was a slap in the face to see him wear a White Lives Matter shirt. And I know there's people out there, there's probably people listening saying, well, Amber, why do you feel that way? White lives do matter. Of course they do. Everybody's life matter. Nobody's saying that it doesn't. But the same way that if you know, my friend's mom has breast cancer, I'm going to support the hell out of breast cancer because it's something that's close to me and personal to me. And, you know, I'm going to support it. And if somebody comes up to me and says, well, Amber, colon cancer matters too, I'm not going to say, no, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Of course it does. When I say that I support breast cancer, I've never said I don't support colon cancer. And that's what the problem is. Black Lives Matter has never said, and other people do not. It's never been a caveat. It's been one statement that people have taken and twisted and turned around and created Blue Lives Matter, which I'm sorry to everyone out there, but you cannot be blue. I was still black in uniform. It did not matter to people who were racist. You can take your uniform off and go to the store and nobody's following you around the way they're following me around. So... You know, so a lot of Black people did feel very slighted by him with that, and especially with his support of President Trump and things like that. So there were times that he was unpopular, but people didn't necessarily feel like he should have been canceled. There are some people who do, but I think anytime you start to make, like, violent threats against anybody, it's a problem. For me, I stopped, you know, supporting him a long time ago. But if this is what it takes for other people to stop supporting him, then, you know, that's fine. I listened to this Jewish guy on TikTok and he was saying that, and I think this is going to answer your question, Chelsea. He was saying that a lot of black people feel like because Jewish stereotypes are good. Oh, you're wealthy. Oh, you're powerful. Oh, you're in charge of stuff, blah, blah, blah. That black people don't see an issue with those stereotypes because they're good stereotypes, even though they are stereotypes they see it as, well, our stereotypes are we're ghetto, we're lazy, we're poor, we're stupid. So like yours are good. So we don't see them as being bad. So that's why there are a lot of black people who do not see our plight as being the same as Jewish people's plights. Also, there's the um, relation to whiteness, you know, Jewish people, if they aren't outwardly, I guess, ethnically Jewish looking, they'll look white a lot of times so they could pass for white if they didn't say that they were jewish and there's a lot of people who could pass for being white and even people who are still physically you know ethnically look jewish however you want to take that or whatever those people are still white skinned a lot of times and closer to the vicinity of white than black and still treated maybe by some who don't like jews and anti-semites and and blatant races but for the most part, everyday people aren't discriminating against Jews for the most part. 
So I think that's also another reason as to why Black people don't feel like the plight is the same. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to go out. I'm still Black. I can be harassed for my skin color and for being Black. And you can go out, and if somebody doesn't necessarily know that you're Jewish, then you're not going to be harassed, if that if that kind of makes sense. So I think that's why um, Black people do not see it as the same. Right. So I think that Which, kind of... Yeah. That makes sense. I, like, I, I felt, especially when I found... This specific, I listened to it. It was a video clip. It wasn't like I didn't even just read it. It was like I listened to this man say these things. And I was, I was extremely disappointed, obviously, because of how disgusting and despicable the comments were, period. But on top of it, too, I, I'm, I've never been this massive Kanye West fan. I couldn't tell you a name of an album. Um, I probably heard something like on the radio when I was young. That's it. But lately, I think that there, and now this goes into my like quote unquote conspiracy theory heart and mindset. I think that there is an agenda, period. And I think that there's a specific agenda within Hollywood, within the far left, just like there's an agenda within the far right. And Kanye West has been somebody who, like I said, sometimes says some crazy things. And also on the flip side of that, he's also very clear that you're not gonna you're not gonna push him around if he's gonna see some shit he's gonna call it out and he's gonna right. say it and whether you cancel him or not because he already made his money so but he we live care. in a free market society so you know what i mean so like private corporations can do what they want to do so that's if a right. private corporation set you know kanye is not going to jail for what he said and that's yeah. you know and that's why we have free speech we're not the government's not coming to get you supposedly supposedly if you're you know for you to say whatever you want but companies are able to say "Mm, i don't like what you said so i don't want to do business with you so i think that's kind of where people forget with the canceling thing is like yeah but you also everyone else has a right has rights too and a right to not want to deal with that so like you know so it's like is it really canceling or is is a business saying i don't agree with this and i don't want to deal with you you know well, and like the the fact of the matter is like yeah he's gotten dropped from multiple brands associations banks this that and the other thing because he yeah, hasn't that's right, his been like he hasn't <laughs> been like a quote unquote good little soldier and said what he's supposed to say what every other hollywood star says and he's exposing some things that i truly believe are there and crazy but i don't and you're think not that's true though because i don't think he, i think if he would have not done that crazy anti-semitic stuff i don't think he would have been dropped well, so here's I think the thing. No, before him... before he did the anti-Semitic thing, well, he was before dropped... he was starting to say some stuff about black people that black people were starting to really not like. So, but right, but what I'm saying is that's why, like, for him, like, he would say some things that I was like, "Yikes! I can't believe he said that. I can't believe he thinks that." But then I also had this respect, I guess you would call it, because he would say other things about Hollywood and all this stuff that, like, clearly he wasn't supposed to say. But I was like, you know what? He's probably right. But then no matter what, no matter how I felt about him or no matter what I like, how I respected the kind of fact that he would speak out against, you know, whatever agenda has been, is being pushed as a whole. It all, all disintegrated when I heard him say (laughs) what he said, like, this is just a different level and it's not excusable. It's not an opinion. It's not acceptable in any way, shape or form. 
and the, I feel like he's been guilty of saying way too personal things out loud and having these moments. I mean, because even been... honestly, the way he was treating Kim, you know, when when they were going through their divorce proceedings, like the way he was harassing her, the way he's harassed her now ex-boyfriend. There's been interviews with him trying to get her boyfriend's friends to help him and break them up and say like he really was being a very like abusive type once they broke up you know so like there was a lot of stuff that he was doing that I was like (sighs) I thought that was a little bit extra crazy and straight up narcissistic because he had a girlfriend before before right right okay so I was like does your girlfriend is your girlfriend okay with the fact that you're uh, this bad about (laughs) your ex-wife that's what I was wondering too because he was still in interviews talking about I still love Kim I'm like isn't your girlfriend like outside your girlfriend is like sitting there like wearing (laughs) wearing Yeezy (laughs) but like I like and I think like that's I don't know. And like, girl, for me, I'm like, I don't know. I live in the freaking outskirts of Philadelphia. We're from Jersey to where like any guy I feel like is going to throw back if he's not ready to break up. But that was scary. Where I was like, no, it was, it was really, it was really kind of scary. It was really kind of scary. Putting out no matter what, like nobody looks at my Instagram. Nobody knows who I am. And if my husband said something on Instagram with all four of our followers, right. I'd be like, what? And then right. he said it as he was running for president, right. like yeah. talking about abortions and extremely personal things that I was like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we don't so, need to be in your conversation. That's so all this okay. to say, I had, I had mixed feelings about Kanye. There were some things that I thought were cool about how he stood up. There were things that I was very concerned about him, but now overall I'm just... <laughs> Um, I'm really saddened that anybody would feel this way, especially somebody like that with such a platform. So he gets what he gets, period. Girl, so um, (sighs) so for our last little bit here, to me and you, we're talking about these book plastic fairs. So I was telling you, and to a, a surprise to you, was that it was actually something that was like currently trending right now on TikTok a lot. I've seen people post about how they couldn't afford the scholastic book fairs and the school stores and stuff when they were kids and how traumatizing that was and like how horrible those experiences were. And sometimes they would let the kids go to the stores and you just wouldn't have money to buy anything. Other times they would have the kids like sit back and stay in the classroom, you know? So like you were telling me today that your daughter, I was sending you an angst ridden Marco Polo (laughs) about how I was traipsing to three different locations over Delco trying to make change for my daughter to go to the school store because she could only bring five dollars it was like yeah and it was it's so funny because I remember even like as I was sharing this with you I'm like this is gonna sound really dramatic but having a moment and as I'm you know just running around going out of my way making myself a little bit later for work than I'd want to be I'm remembering just this it like I, I think the best way for me to describe it was just the stress of being a kid and knowing that it was the Scholastic Book Fair or it was the Christmas, we had a Christmas or a holiday oh, yeah, that, store yeah, at school yeah. and I never had money for it. And so like it would be, we would be, okay, we're going to the book fair. Okay, we're going to go down to the store, the school store. And I would get this stress because I didn't have any money 
and of course, as a kid, you know, I didn't have a lot as a kid, so it's not like I had this entitlement issue. But of course, I wanted to be able right. to buy things and to participate in like the excitement of getting like a new eraser or a new Berenstein Bears book, <laughs> whatever it might <laughs> Lisa be. Lisa Frank stickers. Lisa Frank stickers and pencils. And I couldn't. And I, but like, you know, I don't know how deep we want to go into this, but I, it, it was so funny because it was like, moments like that that stuck out stuck out stood out to me being 36 almost 37 and I remember that stressful feeling like it was yeah I could feel it in my but I think some of these things that we think aren't you know big deals or little things can be like really traumatizing that's what a lot of people were saying who were posting about it was just how like vividly like you remembered being stressed out and anxious because you didn't have money to go to the store and stuff and I remember the same feeling I never had money to go to the stores now I don't know if mine was (laughs) due to like us not having money or more like my mom really not paying attention because she was a full-time working mom in the military so it wasn't like she was going through my folder every night to make sure like I had five dollars for Thursday you know but like (laughs) But I know it affects the way I parent and the way you parent. Because now, like, whenever Jacqueline gets anything coming home, she gets something from the little, like, thing. You know, um, because I just don't want her to ever feel embarrassed or left out over, you know, a couple dollars. Like, I was telling you I bought her these things called smensels. They're <laughs> yes, smelly, smelly pencils. pencils. Yes. <laughs> that she adores. You know, and I spent, like, $6 on getting her these smensels and stuff. But, like you know, she's so excited about it. And a lot of kids in her class have them and stuff. And, you know, when the book scholastic thing comes around, she has, you know, something come in for her, like a little book or something, you know, just because I, I remember how that felt as a kid and I don't want my kid to feel that way, you know? Well, like, yeah. And and that's what I was telling you is I don't want my kid to feel that way, but at the end of the day, I, I am like, realistically, you know, um, there might be a moment where I don't, I, I don't have the $5 right. to give you. And with that, I, I don't want you to be throwing a temper tantrum or a fit or have this, like you're, I'm entitled to it, but I also want to make sure that I have the relationship with my child where she can say, you know what, mom, I'm really disappointed because everyone got to go to the fair or to the school store right. and I didn't have any money to go. And to be able to have an open conversation and say, validate right. the way that Like, and be feels. able to say that, like, and to be able to come home from school and maybe cry or maybe be yeah. sad. And be disappointed and to say, hey, it's you okay were, that you're disappointed. Yeah. And your mom not be like, well, what are you crying about? Or stop crying, you know, you're being ungrateful. And it's like, no, I'm not. It's just, I'm a kid and, you know, I was left out of something and I'm, I'm sad about it. Even if we can't do it, just let me have those feelings and emotions because I mean I never I never felt like I could say anything about it you know I probably get in trouble I so. would literally <laughs> die first no I will right. die before right. but like no I probably wouldn't feeling. even have mentioned it though you know what I mean because you already well, what? know I didn't, like I didn't mention it <laughs> you already know the heartache that's coming you already know the answer is going to be no you already know that somehow you're they're going to be mad at you for asking it's going to be your so fault it's going to be your fault so you just don't even ask don't well even like ask. and and like I, you said like validate the feeling and you know say it's okay to be upset it's okay to be disappointed but now 
We're going to be sad for a minute and then we're going to move on. Here's the reason why you didn't have money for the book fair today. But next time we're going to hopefully know in advance. Yeah, maybe we can save up, you know, your your pennies and your change and stuff. Or like for Christmas, you know, we can ask your, you know, do you want to get a couple dollars as a gift so that you can go to the school store? You know, I think just having open communication and 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 like I always tell you, treat kids like little humans, you know, they're little because they are little humans. And I think that, you know, this sounds really dramatic, but consistent moments like that in your life where you have big feelings and you are not allowed to speak to that or deal with it, especially when you are such a little person can really lead into some massive communication issues when you're an adult, like I've had um, in friendships (laughs) and my marriage that like, it's so funny, like how simple is it to say, Hey, you know, the way you said that, I didn't appreciate that. Or when you did this, I felt disappointed and to feel safe to have that conversation as opposed to not saying it constantly being disappointed, constantly being let down. And yeah, so it starts with this plastic book fair. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Make sure you uh, read to your kids. They're literally proven to be better people. If you read to your children. You know so. what? I feel like I need to stop reading to my child because she is so verbal that I can't <laughs> even. I was rushing her because she was taking too long for bedtime. She's like, Mom, I feel like you're very frustrated and you need oh, to take a breath. Ooh, I was like, you okay. know what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I am frustrated. Please brush your teeth. And she's like, that's all you had to say. Well, sometimes Girl. they'd be really trying to take their time and you're like, can you eat this? No, no. It's 8 p.m. <sighs> it's time for the bed. Brush your teeth. <laughs> but also... You wanting to take your time is valid, but if you don't brush those teeth. <laughs> Girl, oh my goodness. Yes. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us on tonight's episode. Um, midterms are coming up, so make sure you verify your status and find out your polling location. Um, make sure you check out our Politics But Fashion Instagram and our TikTok, and we will chat soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to Politics That Make It Fashion. Before we go, show some love for your favorite podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, click that listener support button. Then stay tuned for next week's all-new episode wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Politics But Make It Fashion. My website is www.amberviola.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Amber underscore underscore Viola on Facebook, Amber Viola, or you can follow me on Twitter at Queen Black. That's Q-U-E-E-N-B-L-A-Q-U. Chat soon.